2: Hey, race fans! Hall of Famer Daryl Waltrip here. You know it's time to drop the green flag on another edition of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Somatic. So, hey, pull those belts tight one more time. Here's my buddy Hermie Sadler and Senator Bill Stanley. Boogity boogity boogity. Let's see what they have to say, boys and girls.
1: I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm Leaning Right. <laughs>
0: You're not gonna laugh over the top of my intro. No, no, no. I'm sorry, I stepped on former NASCAR driver and Fox Sports analyst Hermie Sadler, and
1: I'm turning left. And this is leaning right and turning left with Sadler in the center, powered
0: by PaySomatic. There you go. PaySomatic is an entertainment company which develops gaming software that players love to play, and people can use their skills to win every single time. Plus, these games of skill provide vital revenue to keep family-owned businesses. Like bars, restaurants, convenience stores, and truck stops thriving in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hi, Hermie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? If people only knew. I know. they <laughs> don't
1: even know what it took to get here today. To You know, our new producer, uh, Colin Hendrickson Stanley, is right here with us. He had to drive up after pulling a 24-hour gig. Uh, he's a paramedic, drives all the way up here. We are going to start a certain period of time. We're a little bit later, but you know, that doesn't matter in the podcast world because when they listen to this, they don't know that it's two o'clock down. We we thought we were going to start about noon. but
0: And, and the good news is that's not too far. Nothing's really changed. On Eastern Stanley time, from, I think. From the way it's always been.
1: The apple doesn't fall far from the yeah. tree. Yeah. So, But he had a big day, big night. So we're happy to have Colin here and it's good to be together. And, and quite frankly, uh, we're not in our usual spots. We're actually together. We're here in Richmond here at my apartment. I'm getting ready for a federal trial, federal criminal trial. That's going to go a couple of weeks right into the Christmas season. Very important case. Been working on very hard and uh, I'm glad you made it up here so that we could be together. do yeah. we're missing Shep Moss. Shep Moss. Shep Moss is not here with us.
0: He is actually, what is he doing? He is emceeing, how, how, however it is that you do this, like emceeing events surrounding the Christmas parade in South Hill, Virginia.
1: Like uh, on TV, radio, or just to the general public? I think the to
0: the people there in South Hill. Oh, okay. Which are good for him. They, it's that time of year for parades and localities. And South Hill always has a really good parade. The rest of my family's up at Cora's got her uh, cheerleaders uh, in the parade as well. So um, they, uh, South Hill does a good job. But will there be a float that's the Shep Moss float that, uh, on the back of the tractor
1: trailer, there's just like a pile of documents that are on fire from South Hill. Government. I'm I, uh,
0: no one. Shep probably, <laughs>
1: but uh, I don't know. Shep burned pile moss, you know, that's, Burn where moss, he's, that's where he made his fame and made his, made his little note when uh, he fights the government, even though he's a part of it. Yeah.
0: Uh, I do have documents. one small bone to pick with you. Oh, wow. Really surprised. One but small bone. You know, last week, um, At the end of the show, you knew before we started taping that I had a lunch to go to right in Colonial Heights. You did. And so I had told you the whole time that I'm going to this lunch. I'm leaving at this time because I'm not yet at the point in my life like you are that you can just expect people to wait on you all the time. So... And in typical fashion, as we ran up on this hour that I needed to leave, that's when you started your weekly like 27-minute <laughs> into the show. <laughs> so I got up and left. You did. And if not the first, th- the second thing out of your mouth to Shep Marsh was, <laughs> you and I should do this show. Um,
3: well, yeah. So I think that's something (laughs) we we need to have a
1: conversation about. Well, we finally had some oxygen in the room where we could talk. Yeah. Cause you know, sometimes you dominate.
4: Yeah.
0: And uh, I think you need to maybe look into that. I think you, Shep in the Senator, (laughs) see what kind of heat you can get with the podcast with no pun intended with his burn pile. Right. I think that uh, is something that you, you know, it, you, had, you had five minutes with me not there, and you could have gone anywhere with it. Right. And you went, hey, let's just dream here for a second what it would be like if
1: we didn't have Herman. If everybody listened to last week's podcast, you know exactly what he was talking about. Just go to the end. If you haven't heard the whole podcast, we had an interesting conversation. We started having fun. last week's
0: podcast was great.
1: Yeah, it was. It's was a lot of fun. And, you know, I think we need to do a deeper dive sometime about being dads because I think we're just scratching the surface and we're getting to where. I think we can have a, even a, a, greater conversation and, and certainly, uh, reflect upon us as being fathers for those out there who are fathers and those, you know, Shep's got a great story too yeah about, uh, those that when, you know, families need families, um, you know, what kind of advice you can provide to them as well. But it, I thought it was a great podcast too. I listened to it on the way up to Richmond and, uh, it was so good. I listened to it again. And so I hope everybody is looking through our catalog. Uh, we've got 42, 43 shows done in the books. We're going to finish out this year with about 50, which is 50 out of 52 weeks. That's pretty impressive for a podcast. We don't take breaks because we're talking about today's events and tomorrow's uh,
0: what we expect and tomorrow's... Uh, but goal. I do want people's feedback on what they think about the fact that you took your first opportunity to, to try to kick me to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> I was and kicking you to the curb. You know, you and Shep, um, I might, I might, be a that might be a home run for y'all. I love Shep. I love Shep, but this is not
1: a show without Sadler. You know, you're the hook. I mean, but, you're but, the superstar. But that's not what you say. You're the superstar. Not, We're just the lowly government yeah. officials. Yeah. yeah. You're the guy. You're the guy yeah. that's done all these great things, been all the great tracks, raced, won, a yeah. champion. mm mm-hmm. uh, Fox Sports analyst. I mean, these are things that we would aspire to but do. But you
0: didn't remember that when you had the floor
1: at the end of last week's show. Out of sight, out of mind, man. Yeah. I mean, that was what we were doing. But we had a good time, and Shep's always fun to have on the show. We do not have Shep today uh, because he's doing that, of course, parade. But uh, we wish Shep the best, and we'll have him on next time. But we
0: got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'll say, so what's the... Uh what can people expect on the leaning right moments of the show today? Then I'll tell you a couple of things about what's coming up for turning left. I think what we're going to talk about today is what is on everybody's mind or should be on
1: everybody's mind, which is uh, Elon Musk has taken over Twitter. And because Twitter was a platform that supposedly was created for the protection of free speech and a platform for everybody to express themselves, has now become a government type of instrument uh, to suppress speech. Uh, Elon Musk is now releasing, of course, the inner workings of, the, of Twitter when it came to the 2020 campaign with the Hunter Biden laptop. And I think there's so many far-reaching implications, not just on privacy, not just on free speech, not just on the ability to, to, to talk and to express yourself, but also government interference and campaign interference. We, we've heard from 2016 and even further campaigns back. Uh, that there is campaign interference from the Russians or campaign uh, interference uh, of the political process from other outside entities. What bothers me and what we'll talk about today is actually what we're seeing is this platform was being altered and suppressed from within, from within our government, from within the Biden campaign. Uh, And I think it's a bigger conversation that we're going to have to have is what are we going to be as a society if we're going to create these social platforms and then suppress somebody's ability to express themselves, even when
0: we don't like it on those platforms. In the turning left moments later today, sponsored by Vista Installations, mm. you know, this past week was the NASCAR Awards Banquet Week over in Nashville. We have news coming out of that. We'll talk about most popular drivers for all three divisions. We'll talk about some other awards, some other people got that I thought were pretty, uh, pretty important in the overall landscape uh, of NASCAR racing. Talk a little bit about Jimmy Johnson, who's back in the news, back on the scene in NASCAR. And also, January 7th, the Smart Modified Tour Banquet coming up in Winston-Salem. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Oh, great. Am I invited? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just
1: wondering. Are you going to go? No. Well, why not? Are you going? I don't know. I didn't know. I mean, it's getting ready for- Okay, well, I'll Sunday say that Sunday. too. I
0: don't know.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, then we'll figure that out. Maybe we'll go together. Ah. Uh, I mean, we finished sixth. Ah. Uh, should show up. Why wouldn't we show up? Now, I don't know what I'm doing that day. I might be booked. My wife is going to determine my schedule.
0: That's what I'm saying. You always say that to me. Are you going? (laughs) And I'm asking you, are you going? Right now. I got to know right now. You just got to know. I got to know know right now. Got to know right now. I didn't know. Are you going?
1: Yeah. Colin is asking what day. Uh, Put it on my calendar, Colin. I don't know. It's January 7th. Okay. Not not January 6th. Can't have it on the 6th. January 7th. Democrats hate January 6th. So January let me ask you a question, How you, on? you know, and, and let me preface this. I've been working on this court case for like a month, so I've been kind of out of pocket. Yeah. It's a very important court case involving the liberty and freedom of a, a gentleman accused of, a, of bribery of a public official. I'm not the public official. I'm the lawyer representing somebody accused of it. I think he's been wrongly charged and, and we've been preparing this case. So I've kind of been out of the loop. I know I've kind of even pulled back uh, from other things that are going on. And that leaves me not a lot of time to talk to you. But, you know, I see what's going on on Facebook. You're running for office for the first time. Just tell me what's going on. How's it going?
0: Yeah, well, I'm learning as I go. Obviously, to when I announced back in November at the event in Fo Show that, that you were so kind enough to uh, attend, I knew kind of what
1: I, I gave one of the greatest political opening speeches of a
0: lifetime. Okay, I agree. Oh, no, oh. <laughs> I'm glad you agree. <laughs> um, I kind of knew what I was signing up for. It's going to take a lot of time. A lot of effort, a lot of commitment. But I've enjoyed, you know, right now when a little bit of a, a little bit of a downtime. We had the announcement. Holidays will do that. Yeah. So what I've been doing is luckily there have been individuals from in different parts of the district, seventeenth district, the new seventeenth district, that have reached out and have shown interest in hosting like events at their homes fundraisers, events, uh, parties, cocktails, those kind of things. And I have been planning some of those. I have attended some of those outside of that. I just been going to the uh, committee meetings in different parts of the district, letting, um, letting people in each district, you know, learn more about me and why I'm running and what I'm passionate about. And so I think this is going to be a situation where we're out trying to you know, tell our story one person at a time and one group at a time. And so far the reception has been great. The fundraising part of it, even through the holidays has been, has been much better than I anticipated. The support has been overwhelming and humbling in a lot of ways. And so, but that's, that's what I've been doing and will continue to do probably through Christmas is, is not, we won't really finalize the next steps of our plan as far as a campaign until we know what the nomination method will be, and so that's what I've been doing: is is going to visit, talk, trying to learn as much as I can. This is a I learn every day something about this process. So once we know what the nomination method is, then we'll have a better idea of how to prepare uh, our campaign, you know, for that. But I just got to say, so far. The, I went last week on Thursday night, I went down to Portsmouth. You know, this district is, the new 17th is a long district. It's got portions of Portsmouth and Chesapeake, Suffolk, Isle of Wight, um, city of Franklin, Southampton County, Mm -hmm. Brunswick, Emporia, Greensville, part of Dinwiddie, it's a long piece. But I had an opportunity last Thursday night to go to the um, GOP committee Christmas dinner, uh, Dan, in Portsmouth. How'd that go? It was great. It was great. Um, we we had dinner, and I met a lot of new people that I hadn't met before, because that's, lot not, you know, I don't know a lot about the political uh, atmosphere, or I don't know a lot of people in politics in Portsmouth yet. Um, and Louise so Lucas
1: is in politics.
0: Well, course. she, you know, she wasn't at that meeting. Really? She, I shy. don't know why I'm shocked. Uh, she, she was not there, she but I met Republicans. Are you kidding uh, me? Lawton Baker and a lot of other people affiliated with the GOP, uh, unit there in Portsmouth. They were great to put on a great event. And then they gave me an opportunity to speak, you know, at the end.
1: I saw that on Facebook. You yeah. Did a really good job. Yeah.
0: So, um, that's been fun. And then Friday night, I think you saw, um, my wife and kids and I, and some of our friends went down to back to that area of the state down to Hampton to see my old buddy, Phil Vassar. He and Dina Carter played a Christmas show down there. And if strawberry you are very one strawberry wine, Oh wow. Dina Carter. So, um, you know, I had talked to you in the past about Phil Vassar at some point, he has offered to do a fundraiser for me and or us at the appropriate time yeah. whenever we're ready. And, Phil is a, some people may not know, is a native Virginian born in Lynchburg. And he's gone on to do great things in, in country music. Not only his own records, like Just Another Day in Paradise, and those kind of things, but he's written a number of number one hits. like For other people? Uh, Jody Messina, uh, like five of her number one hits were written by Phil Vassar. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And he's written some songs for Tim McGraw, some of his number one. He's, really? he's, got, he's got more number ones that he wrote then he actually recorded kind of like a Willie Nelson concert. Kind of yeah. Willie wrote,
1: you know, for so many people before he became a star.
0: But what an entertainer. So those of you that are on social media can go to either my Facebook or my Twitter uh page and see that Phil and I did a little um video prior to his concert the other night where he talks about coming to bring the whole band, the whole works and to do uh do a fundraiser uh for us. Uh, at the appropriate time. And, and Phil Vassar loves Virginia because people are going to say, other, you know, I see other people that are getting ready to run for office. They're throwing out endorsements, you know, from other politicians and former governors and all that. And I'm Literally. like, Yeah. And, and I'm sure somebody may be thinking, What difference does it make if Phil Vassar likes Hermes Adler? I mean, Phil Vassar is a Virginian. Yeah. And he loves Virginia. And he thinks that I can be a positive influence in Richmond. He's got family that still lives in Virginia, friends. And so he he, he offered, I didn't even ask, he offered and said, man, I appreciate you standing up and doing what you're doing. How can I help? I want to help. So I think that's awesome. But we had a good time. Phil's always great. All, he's been a, a great friend for many, many years. Thanks and, for the
1: invitation too. I really uh, appreciate
0: it. Yeah. no. Well, you just said yourself that your new lifestyle and this new case has prevented you from having any time to talk to me, So if you don't have time to talk, you sure don't have time to get in the van and go to Hampton to a concert. No, I agree.
1: And, and we're sitting. And this in- is
0: about the third Phil Vassar event I've invited you to. The last one was right here in Richmond, correct. while you were in Richmond.: also, correct. And you did not show up that's right. Well, if you see behind
1: you, uh, there is a pile. Of files and boxes of of notebooks for this trial this is a pretty big trial. So, as you know, especially in your case, um, when I get very focused as an attorney in my real job, uh, when somebody puts their trust in me, pays me, uh, I get very passionate about their case. Like I got free yours, and uh, my focus is entirely on that. Sometimes, uh, to the neglect of you know my family, even or my friends, and and my wife uh, is completely understanding and, and very calm about it, but, uh, uh, I'm very intense when I get ready for a court case. So yes. So I apologize for that. Um, but what I did notice, you know, getting back to your political experiences and before, you know,
3: I did notice that you had balls that you have balls and it and, and, and people can get your balls.
1: And for a guy that won't read the manscape.com commercials that we're going to read today, For you to put your balls out there for people to get, uh, especially in this campaign, I think is pretty significant, and perhaps we should discuss that, your balls, so that we know exactly what those balls are for,
3: how people can use your balls, and how important your balls are to the future. Do you mind explaining? (laughs) Well, first distinction... Brought to you by manscaped.com. First distinction... I prefer to call them ornaments. Oh, ornaments! Explain. You obviously are mesmerized
0: with the term balls. They're balls. They're well to you. To they're that's balls your balls with your name on them. Even yeah, right. Well, I, I, everybody can use whatever terminology they prefer to fit the narrative they're trying to reach.
1: And I'm going to say you've done something very innovative in politics with your balls. Uh, Tell us what you've done with your columns. <laughs> Don't ask my son. He's um, explaining.
0: Well, what happened, what had happened was <laughs> a friend of mine actually brought me one of these ornaments. Ornaments. All right. Christmas tree ornaments. Uh-huh. Brought one to my office the other week and said, hey, I had somebody make these ornaments that had Hermie Sadler for Senate on the ornament Mm -hmm. and he had the ornaments made as Christmas gifts for friends of his. And when I saw the ornaments, I said, who made them? And he said, well, so-and-so actually I'll just say it, Barbara Wyatt and Barbara and Danny and the Wyatt family are friends of mine. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm going to reach out to Barbara about her making some ornaments (laughs) <laughs> that I can use to offer for donation on the Sadler for Virginia website, which is S A D L E R F O R Virginia.com website. Uh-huh. So I started selling these ornaments on the website for a $50 donation.
1: Oh, and they're really nice. They're really nice. But I'm telling you, I've never seen it before in any kind of race. And I was pretty impressed. And that's why I brought up your balls. Uh, I mean, your ornaments. Right. Because I thought, you know, of all the things that people do, especially in getting your name out, you know, you can do refrigerator magnets, you can do all sorts of things. And mm-hmm. usually people put out Christmas cards. But, you know, to know that your balls uh, could be hanging and, on and, someone's and, tree. And for those, is, I think a very innovative so my idea. My balls could be hanging. Well, don't you hang balls on your tree?
0: Ornaments. Ornaments. <laughs> yep.
3: But sometimes they're balls.
0: And I have offered to personalize, which I'd say of the, we've done, we've done pretty much sold the first batch, maybe a hundred. We got a hundred left, but I've offered to um, personalize the ornaments for those people (laughs) that personalize your balls ornaments for those that prefer that. So, but i tell you something else that I did learn that I told my team Mm -hmm. and it goes to, I said I'm learning every day about politics and running a campaign. It's a hell of a lesson, isn't it? People that would drive 200 miles to come see me at a personal appearance somewhere, uh, some are hesitant to spend $50 on an ornament because they just don't want to get involved in politics. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I, I,
1: had, I told my team, I bet... So you're talking like you know when you were a race car driver or Fox Sports analyst, people would drive for a personal appearance.
0: Oh yeah, they drive hundreds of miles.
1: But when it comes to something like this, they, it's, and, it's and a look, those people—they the
0: will call me and say, "I told my people the the first day they put these ornaments on the website." You know, between emails to the website, text messages, direct messages on Twitter, messenger messen, you know, messages on Facebook. Like in the first literally two hours, I got like 30 messages from people. They're like, Hey, you know, cause when you go to the website, Absolutely. I just go ahead and tell people, when you go to the website to buy an ornament, you have to fill out the paperwork. I mean, you have to fill out your name, your address. Oh. You can't make oh, a, an anonymous donation. Gotcha.
1: Even though a hundred dollars or less, you don't, that's not reported. So yeah. even if they bought an ornament,
0: yeah. um, that but you can't, there. you can't, that doesn't go into we your report. We can't take for donations. anonymous donations. Right. So somebody can't just give me $50 as an anonymous donation and get an ornament. You have to fill out the paperwork oh, okay. To, to do that. So I've just had people like, Hey man, you know, can I just send you the money? You know, and you know, I'm like, no, you, mm. you have to go through the proper paperwork and all that because. My people, my, I have a compliance officer as well as other things like most campaigns do, I assume. Sure. And he says, we can't, you can take cash, but we can't take anonymous donations. We have to know where all of them came from. So a lot of people are just not, you know, just not willing or interested in getting, you know, having their name attached to a political campaign. Well, regardless.
1: you know, uh, Hermie, ever since I've known you, I've always said to my friends that you have huge giant balls and now you can hang one on your tree ornaments i mean yeah i'm sorry Hermie. you have big giant ornaments mm-hmm. and now you can have one to hang on your tree so go to Hermie sadler's website uh, for his campaign sadler for virginiacom and that doesn't mean you have to vote for him but you get one of his
0: balls on your tree right there you go but i, I think it's innovative and, but interesting yeah. thing about these ornaments are all the same size <laughs> <laughs> get
1: two Don't get one. (laughs) I mean, I mean, no. I just, I'm really just impressed. I mean, it's something. Look, I've run some campaigns uh, since 2010. Uh, I used to help with campaigns even before that, back into the 90s, and I've never seen that before. So I thought that was really innovative and interesting. And uh, I know uh, your friend that did it, and and uh, and I think that's very impressive. So, and especially during the holiday season, and they're really, may I say this? They're really your your balls are very good looking. It's shiny, <laughs> sparkly. They sparkly in the in sparkly. The, when you put it on the tree it, in the in the Christmas tree lights, it lights up, boy. It, 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 it is really special. makes a difference. Hey, uh... you know my cats. We have. A, I was getting ready to try to. We have a couple cats. Say something really meaningful. <laughs> we have a couple cats, <laughs> and I bet. And now, are these glass or they plastic ornaments?
0: Uh, they're plastic outside, but it's a process. It's a pretty long process where she puts the stuff in the glitter and all that inside of it, but. Okay. I wouldn't want anybody dropping my bo- ornaments <laughs> and, and dropping them. Well, my
1: cats uh, in our Christmas tree here at the Stanley household—they uh, love to play with the ornaments. ornaments. Yeah, and so I'd love one. I don't know if you got one in the truck before you. I leave. don't. Maybe it, you fifty
0: dollars. You can go to Hermes, Sadler <laughs> for Virginia. Fifty dollars. Charge me fifty bucks for fifty one of your bucks. bucks. Wow, fifty
1: bucks. Now, with this, now that you're selling ornaments, now do you get a do you get a do you get a special <laughs> price for two, like a discount?
0: Well, here's the here's the special. It's one for fifty or two for hundred today only. <laughs>
1: well, um, put me down for two, two. Okay, yeah, yeah, we've got a big tree.
0: Yeah, that can handle your big. So ornaments. you want two of two of two of the ornaments?
1: Yeah, why not? Okay. Why not? I think it's it, I think it's good, but I'm wondering if my cats will try to knock your ornaments off the tree.
0: I would hope you put them on a place on the tree where they would be unreachable for everybody except maybe my sponsor.
1: <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Uh, first, I have to get permission from the sponsor to put the Oh, I think she'll be good with it. I think she'll, probably, I think
0: she'll be good yeah, with yeah. it. Can I say something serious now? No, but go ahead anyway. Um, on a serious note, you know, I'm working towards a, a primary or a convention in the 17th. Mm-hmm. There are going to be a lot of interesting and competitive primaries for Senate
3: Across Virginia. All over the place. All over the place, yeah. Yeah, I mean, think
1: about it this way. You've got Tommy Norman, the minority leader, my caucus minority leader, potentially running against the chairman of our caucus, our friend and your lawyer, uh, one of my good friends, who's the best man at my wedding, uh, Ryan McDougal. Mm -hmm. You've got Emmett Hanger potentially running against, he's a Republican, running against Mark Obenshain. You've got incumbent David Sutherland out of Roanoke running against incumbent, uh, an incumbent Democrat there, uh, John Edwards. You've got a lot of, in the Senate alone, and a lot in the House, in this redistricting that was done by the Supreme Court, a lot of what I noticed was older senators and House of Delegate members that have been there a while against younger members as well. You've got Louise Lucas, an older member of the
0: Senate, running against a younger member of the Senate, Lionel Sproul.
1: Uh, I'm probably forgetting
0: some, too. A lot of chatter at my event in Portsmouth the other night about Louise Lucas and Lionel Spruill, and I got to tell you, it seems that a lot of people in that area would not be surprised if Lionel Spruill would not be, if, worst case, a tremendous foe for Louise Lucas, but I think many people that, follow political circles in portsmouth think he could very well win that primary
1: lionel's a great guy uh, i like him a lot i like louise i'm not gonna say i mean when you live basically with yeah, somebody yeah. in the chamber for uh those 40 members you, you get to know them pretty well so we don't agree on much politically and we don't agree on much on the floor of the senate we can get in arguments but uh, lionel is a thoughtful politician he's a smart and shrewd politician mm-hmm. and it's quite is going to be quite competition if she stays there have you heard that uh, Louise was thinking about coming maybe to the 17th. Yeah. Have you, have you heard anything about that? I have not. Okay. Cause I'm hearing she's going to stay in Portsmouth, That she's yeah. going to stay in her old district and we're going to see probably, uh, an, am- an amazing primary fight between the two of them, uh, because they're both tenacious politicians and campaigners. Uh, we'll see whether that new Senate district goes with the old guard or, or maintains, you know, and, and Lionel sit in the Senate. So he's not the old guard, uh, the new guard, but, mm-hmm. um, but he is extremely popular, and um, you know, and he works across the aisle, uh, but at the same time he stays true to his principles. Which you respect that he can disagree with you with you without being disagreeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll I'll tell you one quick story about Lionel. when he came over from the House of Delegates to the Senate. He said at the end of the year, and we'd had a very spirited and and funny kind of session too, and and he said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when I, when I came over to the Senate, I was told that the Senate was pretty boring, uh, and I prayed to God that the Senate would be more interesting because the house is more interesting than the Senate. And the God delivered me, uh, Bill Stanley. <laughs> 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 he said, he's made me laugh and he's just crazy. So, uh, that was quite a compliment from Lionel Spurl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lionel's, uh, a, a, a Mason brother of mine and and I'm a Masonic brother. And, and so we certainly, um, have that kind of connection, but he's a really good guy. And, you know, listen, Louise is a tenacious politician. She's a
0: powerhouse down there too. And, yeah. uh,
1: and you know, she may, her Twitter may explode, but, she's smart and getting things done too in the Senate and there's no uh, pulling back on that. I mean, she's very experienced. So it's going to be a heck of a fight just like all of these are going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. I think the Tommy Norman, Ryan McDougal fight's going to be, I tell you thing. And what the problem is it's going to like, don't you think that within our caucus, because we're trying to win a majority and they're trying to maintain a majority on the Democrat side, that that's going to create some real division and you know, and I, and I fear that, you know, I, I like Tommy and I love Ryan and, You know, but Tommy's at the head of the party and, or head of our caucus and Ryan's just second, you know, second position there. I mean, the dynamic there is kind of interesting as we all fight for our own reelection and convince the people that we have the right ideas to represent them. But here at the top and and within the party and the division of assets and the division of resources, uh, the two people that make those decisions are going to be in a street brawl to -hmm. determine who the nominee is in their new district.
0: And- People within the party try to tell you, as they've tried to tell me, let's keep these primaries on the up and up. Let's civil. keep them clean and civil. Because
1: mm-hmm. we're all on the same side.
0: But when you take somebody like Tommy and, and Ryan, you know, you have to kind of, don't you have to kind of go where the other people go? Or you have to, if somebody decides to, to try to go negative, what do I mean, what do you do?
1: Well, you know, there are two options. You go negative with them. And he get down in the dirt, in the mud, or one stays above the fray and convinces people that because of that temperament that they have not to get down into the weeds and attack a fellow Republican, as you remember and you've said here on the podcast previously, the 11th commandment of Ronald Reagan, as George Allen says, is not to attack each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very hard decision, especially when the stakes are so high and the money that they're probably going to spend on that primary and Louise Lucas and Lionel Spruels, and the money they're going to spend with Ryan McDougal and Tommy Norman. Both have big war chests. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see how it can't go negative. Yeah. Because, again, the passions of people are always, ultimately, you want to vote for somebody, not against somebody. And you, you've got to get people out in a primary in June when people aren't thinking about politics necessarily. The The turnout's real low, 4 or 5% of the total electorate coming out for you. So every vote really counts. And how do you motivate people to come out and vote for you and against the other guy?
0: One of the things that i as I've given working my way through this process one of my budget line items of my campaign is quote unquote opposition research it gotta have it And it I'm it. first thing i said was uh i don't know about spending that money on that i don't really care you know but they say not that we will ever use it but we gotta have it unfortunately that's true and the problem
1: is when it's a so, primary, I, it's oppo research on a fellow Republican.
0: Yeah. So explain what that is.
1: Opposition research is basically a part of your campaign that checks out if you're running against somebody who's already in office, every vote that they've ever taken on any issue to exploit a weakness that they may have voted on uh, that shows them not to be as conservative as they should be. Now, you don't have that problem because you don't have those kind of votes, but there may have been a vote in committee or on the floor of the House or Senate. Uh, where um, let's just use it. You know, I'm not saying that any your opponent or anybody else has done it, but they voted for a bill that would have been um, pro-choice. Well, you're gonna you're gonna take that opposition research, you're gonna get that vote record, and you're gonna exploit it in mailers and TV and radio ads that this person's not a conservative, they're not pro-life. You'll see it right now. There's a primary um, race going on. We talked about before: Ren Williams and Marie March, two very good delegates out in my area and, and are in the district uh, that I hope to, to be the nominee of in the 7th. And Ren Williams is saying, Marie March uh, made a statement that basically sounded pro-choice. So he's he, he obviously dug that up. He's going to exploit it. So that's what opposition research in, in the political game is. You'd rather be doing opposition research against a Democrat. right? It's a little bit harder um, because you're splitting hairs with a fellow Republican. Uh, you're not conservative enough. You're not Pro Second Amendment enough. Uh, you made a statement where you said, you know, some gun control is okay. Well, then they're going to say he's against the Second Amendment, and that will, believe it or not, that's the kind of negative stuff that will motivate people to vote not for somebody. Mm-hmm. Opposition research doesn't that you use that you utilize doesn't get them necessarily to vote for you, but it keeps somebody from coming out to vote for the other person, mm-hmm. or they come out to vote against the other person. So it has that negative connotation to it. It's one of the horrible things about politics and, and campaigns. As you see, you know, they call it the October surprise. The closer you get to an election, uh, all this dirt starts coming out to really make up people's minds as they get close to the ballot box. That's what an opposition research is for. Uh, it's a deep dive. They go into your background. They go into, you know, did you pay your sales tax or real estate tax? And so for you, not having that voter record, they're going to look and see if you, you know, had a DUI, which I know you did. Or you called somebody a name or something that you said maybe on this podcast, maybe when you're a Fox Sports analyst, maybe when you were a driver for NASCAR, Mm -hmm. that's what they're going to be looking at. Or maybe in a business practice where they're going to find somebody that was a disgruntled employee that you fired that will say something negative about you. Mm -hmm. Anything like that is what you're going to see.
0: That's oppo research. One of the races on the house side that I think if it comes through to fruition, it'll be interesting to watch will be Barry Knight and Glenn Davis. Yeah. Those, I mean, Barry, of course, has been around a long time. Uh, He's, I'll say this so you don't have to, he's not been on the side that I would prefer him to be on or issues that I'm dealing with as far as small businesses against casinos. But I understand he's a long time, and by most people's, um by pretty much any measure, a good politician. Very good. And smart guy, very smart guy and influential, Mm -hmm. but I could say the same for Glenn Davis. Oh, very, very, very. And Glenn Davis has really stepped out in recent months and made to try to make that distinction of supporting small business, Mm -hmm. not necessarily anti casino, but not wanting the casinos to come with a monopoly and kind of wipe out not only business, but the rights of small businesses. Right. So that could be something that, and I think, and you know better than, than I do. I know Glenn fairly well. Mm-hmm. I don't know Barry Knight hardly at all, but I think they're, they've been friendly in the past. Is that? Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Well, yeah. Cause they're from the same
1: area. Yeah. And, and only now, and that's the funny part about redistricting is that it's now pitting allies against allies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm seeing it and I won't go into it in, with much deep measure when it comes to even like in the Senate um, races in our caucus that are going to pit my fellow caucus mates against each other. But you can tell the attitudes have changed. That once was a brotherhood and sisterhood has mm-hmm. now become, I don't talk to him anymore. Mm-hmm. Or he said this about me or, you know, and it, it's going and it, to, and that's bitter and it, and it's unfriendly and it's unkind and it's uncomfortable. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of. I mean. It's not so much out in the open, like, say, Marie March and Ren Williams, the delegates out there fighting for the seat uh, for next year's election in the primary out in southwest Virginia. Uh, It's more under the radar, Mm -hmm. but it's more intense. And unfortunately, I don't think that's good for the collective in terms of, you know, when you're when you're in the Republican caucus in the Senate, which I hope you are uh, in the future, it's a team atmosphere. But yet we allow each other's opinions come to the fore where we come to a consensus. If we don't come to a consensus, we respect each other.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right now, it depends that caucus leadership. I'm a part of leadership. I'm the whip. I'm more the firebrand. I'm the alternate universe opinion when leadership gets together and when we, when we talk about things. Um, but if you don't have that kind of cohesiveness to, to articulate where we should be on certain pieces of legislation or certain, certain policy issues, Um, then it starts to break apart. And my dad used to always say, a fish rots at the head first. And so I fear that what we're about to go through in these primaries and then come out on the other side after the general election, number one, it's going to be a very different Senate than the one I ran in 10 years ago when redistricting, when I came in on redistricting. Number two, where are we as a unit when we go into 2023 in the last two years of Glenn Youngkin's administration being governor? Where are we going to be? Are we going to be a broken up unit? Are we going to be cohesive? Are we going to get his agenda done and, and have some really good ideas for Virginia? Or are we still going to be fighting the bitter battles of a primary before in the changing of the guard? Because it's hard
0: sometimes not to take things personally. Of course.
1: Yeah. And Of course. And what I really hate about it is, you know, look, I'm very loyal. You know, love Mark Obenshain. Love Emmett Hanger. I agree with Mark Obenshain a lot more than I agree with Emmett Hanger. But I like them both. I love them both. have relied on them both. We've been, we voted together on things. We voted not together on things. But the last man standing uh, may, if it's somebody in the caucus that they prefer the other guy, and I'm not saying I prefer one over the other, uh, in that example, could leave a lasting ripple. Uh, that could affect how effective we are as a party, and the same way with the Democrats. I'm not just saying on our side. Yeah. It's got to be the same thing. So when we group Regroup after the elections in November of 2023. It's going to be an interesting General Assembly. I can tell you that.
0: Well, a lot to cover, a lot to talk about. There'll yeah, be a lot. We haven't
1: gotten into the leaning right and turning left. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. We're going to take a short break here and come back. We'll have some leaning right moments. We'll talk about Elon Musk. We'll talk about Twitter. Yeah. We'll talk about free speech. I mean, that's big stuff. And we'll talk about some turning left moments the banquet, the NASCAR banquet, smart modified tour banquet. And then we'll let people know what's coming up in broadcast down the line. Yeah, Have here you got on a leaning right. Yet? What's that? Have you got a second driver for our team? Oh, uh, potentially. Really? Yeah. Oh, that'll be a sidebar conversation. Okay, good. Yeah. When <laughs> we turn this thing
1: off and start over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be right back. Uh, thank you for listening. I think that's an interesting conversation to be had, and, and this was an interesting conversation to, to talk about your balls. And you know, it's funny that we were talking about Hermie Sadler's balls, because quite frankly, one of our great sponsors. Uh, has been manscaped.com. And here in the holiday season, uh, tis the season for clean ornaments. La 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 la. La 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 la. See, I'm going to use the word ornament. Great. Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are the top of everyone's wish list. Go grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life Go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using promo code SADDLER. That's promo code SADDLER for 20% off plus free shipping. Now, you know, Hermie, you're here at my apartment. You used my restroom. You saw my Manscaped uh, bag right there. You got it all. I got the Manscaped products here. premier package 4.0, you got all of it. I've yeah. got the body wash here. I've got the deodorant here. Oh, you're all in. I you're, use You're, I use you're not product. just
0: talking about it. I, you're, I mean, you're, you're all, all in. in. And,
1: and the Platinum Package 4.0, and all the other products are great stocking stuffers for the man in your life, for the brother in your life, for the husband, uh, for, you know, kids of appropriate ages. Um, this is something that I think is a great product because it's a man product and for something which is men's grooming. Uh, what, a, what a better holiday gift that you can give than the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs. Could, right? Can't think of one. I mean, you can order Hermes Balls and Manscaped. Ornaments. To take care of the, I'm, I'm sorry, Hermes ornament Ornaments and Manscaped to take care of those.
0: One for 50 or two for 100 today only.
1: (laughs) Now, do you have a promo code Sadler on that one? Don't need one. Okay. Well, listen, Manscaped offers a handful of other liquid formulations, shampoos, body washes, like I just said, uh, upstairs and downstairs deodorants, deodorants for your ornaments, uh, gels, exfoliants. I mean, they've got everything that a man needs for personal grooming. So don't let your chestnuts roast in the wrong boxers. You even have the ability to get a great pair of Manscaped Boxer underwear. They're specially made to keep the area cool, provide holiday comfort all year round. And now that you've gifted them perfect private, the, them their perfect privates, go beyond the groom with Manscaped's full body product line. Does dad have nasty nose hairs? Save his life with a weed, whacker nose, and ear hair trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is the full kit for nail care. Scissors, clippers, tweezers, and a file for the traveling man. Right now, I'm the traveling man. And that's one product I don't have, Hermie. I don't have that. There's the Preserve Cologne. And it gives you a nice breezy, woodsy feel. It gives a fresh tree scent
3: of even after Christmas. So, you know, Hermie, do you use a loofah? What do you use a loofah? Like a,
1: you know what a loofah is? I do not. It's kind of like a spongy thing that looks like uh, kind of some ribbons put together. And loofah has been very popular. You put the soap in it, you rub it down. The problem is loofahs. In a poor, we call that a washcloth. <laughs> well, loofahs can get very dirty and uh, over time, and and collect uh, bacteria and stuff. Manscapes got the body buffer, and that is something you absolutely want to give your loved one uh, when they clean the body buffer. Uh, exfoliates, it gets the new skin going. Uh, that's something that every man should have in the shower. And lastly, look, let's top off the stocking stuffers with the crown jewel for their family jewels: the lawnmower 4.0. The electric razor's advanced Skin-Safe, skin safe technology—easy for you to say. That's right—is a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on your ornaments, especially Saddler's ornaments. Manscaped is here to make holiday shopping a blast by giving products they'll love and make them laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll say it one more time before we go to break: get twenty percent off and free shipping with promo code Saddler at checkout at Manscaped.com. That's twenty percent off. With free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code SADLER at manscaped.com. Manscaped for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hits. Next to Hermes ornaments. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, Manscaped. Uh, Make sure you go to that website. It's a it's a great website for men's grooming.
0: I highly recommend it for everybody. Right, Hermie? I got nothing to add to that. We're going to break and we'll be right back. Hi, folks, this is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left, with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway, I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pilot travel centers. And we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum products for our four-wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one-stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen, Hermie Sadler's Fo-Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12, the Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I-95, and Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina, that's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers. And Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pace of Madden.
1: Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermes Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are to us your problem is our problem your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win and believe me we win a lot don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer, and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. Stanley Law That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. Stanley Law At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at. And we're back. So my leaning right moment is going to discuss exactly, I think, what is going on in the nation today with Elon Musk now taking over Twitter and actually not only just taking over Twitter and returning that platform to a First Amendment position that it started out as until Twitter uh, changed all that. But now the revelations that we're seeing from the Twitter's attempt, not only attempt, but successful attempt uh, to... Squelch the in 2020 the Hunter Biden laptop story that was revealed in an explosive report by the New York Post. hermy if you recall, back in 2020, right around a September uh, time, uh, the New York Post revealed that Hunter Biden had dropped off a laptop at a computer store uh, to be rehabilitated because I guess he had dropped it in a hot tub when he was with a hooker and uh, never came and got it. And then when the guy who's repairing the computer basically looked at what the contents of that computer was, uh, what was on it, and what he'd recovered was very disturbing. Not just pictures of Hunter Biden with guns that he should not have had, or crack pipes that he should not have been smoking, or prostitutes that he shouldn't have been with, but also real information that I thought compromised at the time when the report was made. Hunter Biden's dad, our now President Joe Biden, called the big guy, Uh, Which demonstrated that Hunter Biden was involved with foreign interests in Ukraine and and China and even Russia uh, that he shouldn't have been was getting money, lots of money from those interests. And basically, I thought would have compromised and had compromised uh, Joe Biden during the election time. He was known as the big guy on the computer getting 10 percent cuts on these multi million deals that Hunter Biden was getting when he had no competency to be representing foreign governments, never reported that he was uh, representing foreign governments, and even sitting on the board of Burisma, an energy company in Ukraine, uh, who was trying to use Hunter Biden to get special influence uh, with his dad. And even when he was on Burisma's board, when Hunter Biden uh, was on that board, Joe Biden was the vice president, and Joe Biden uh, made the prosecutor in Ukraine actually uh, be fired by the country. And that prosecutor was looking into the misdealings and the, and the bad doings of Burisma's board. And at the time, in, New York, uh, in the New York Post's article, when it came out, it was explosive. It was about September, October, as we talked about. And yet, what happened was, is our government, the FBI, uh, the Joe Biden campaign, was able to infiltrate Twitter and Twitter's executives, who were left-leaning um, executives, into not only stopping the... New York Post articles from being reproduced and shared on Twitter, but also shut down any comment that was going on between Twitter users with Twitter handles to discuss the issues that were coming out from the Hunter Biden laptop. That to us was, I think, at the time, who cared about it, very explosive. It was all shut down. And you noticed ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, uh, CNN never reported on it. Uh, Fox News reported on it, but it was turned into this is a Russia hoax, Russia misinformation to influence the 2020 campaign. They used the 2016 campaign to do it, and they shut down any discussion in 2020 that this was a legitimate thing. 51, 51 national security officials wrote a letter that said this is a Russia hoax when, in fact, the FBI had this computer for a year. They knew it was true. They were able to shut it down as a part of the national discourse and discussion through Twitter. And only when when Elon Musk buys Twitter, puts his uh, butt on the line and his billion dollar uh, butt on the line to buy Twitter. Are we now finding out that this was not only not a hoax, which we now know and all those news reporting agencies are saying, oh, yeah, the Hunter Biden computer is actually a real thing. But now Elon Musk is uh, putting sunlight as a disinfectant on the truth. To demonstrate how this platform that was supposed to be about free speech and the first amendment is now was now suppressing free speech and the exchange of political thought on what i thought was a very important issue back in the 2020 campaign and we're seeing this now i think it's an explosive an explosive issue
0: and here is elon musk doing this i want to drill down on that a little bit further it, it baffles me how members of the media or one campaign or one party or the other could have an inside track to a to the decision makers at a platform like Twitter to tell them what they can and cannot or shouldn't or should not have on the platform. But before that, I'm curious to get your thoughts on Elon Musk, the person. I know him not at all personally, but certainly followed him, read about him, all those kind of things. I used to view him as a liberal, a left-wing mm-hmm. liberal. You know, he does electric vehicles, and he hasn't really stood out to me in any other way other than I thought he was one of them. and but now that we've seen him buying Twitter, and he's standing up for things that maybe are not all in line with one party or the other, but but taking a kind of a more of a middle middle road kind of stance, and he's now saying that you know for most people free speech free speech is a wonderful thing unless it's something you don't agree with yeah but he's kind of taking the road of hey I'm gonna bring all of this corruption back out I'm gonna put it out there for people to look at view make their own decisions whatever so I kind of applaud him for that I don't, I, don't, I still don't know really what his Politics are not that it matters, but what do you, what do you think about, or what do you, why do you think Elon Musk bought Twitter and, and, and how do you think he's going about his business now and how, and maybe how has it changed the perception of him over the last, you know, say six months?
1: So think about it this way. The greatest thing about the United States is we've always had geniuses that have been out in the forefront of actually transforming America, but also transforming the human condition. and. You know, whether it's the Wright brothers with flight, uh, Edison with electricity and te- uh, Nikola Tesla himself with electricity, when well, we could go on and on where we've had geniuses that have actually done something to change the world and make a difference. Elon Musk is one of those in the 21st century. And we, we don't have him in the great quantity that we had in the 19th or 20th century, but he's one of those guys. And so when there was a, maybe a, an outcry or a need for an electric vehicle, he created an electric vehicle that was reliable, that was dependable. Uh, not affordable necessarily because because of the battery and, and the lithium and the ion battery, whatever it is, that makes it that way. But he was willing to go out there and do that. And you've seen that he's not only did that, but he also did that with SpaceX, which is private space exploration, not just NASA, but actually putting it in the private sector, making it more affordable, making it competitive. Uh, one would think because it's Silicon Valley, Valley, it's all those things that the Twitter, the Facebook and the stuff that he would fall into that, into that left-wing uh, bucket because most of those people that started those organizations were left-wing or became left-wing. But what you see with Elon Musk is is what you used to see with the left before, which was they believed in freedom. They believed in liberty. They believed in the First Amendment. And so he's always believed in the First Amendment, the protection of free speech. And what you're seeing now is, you know, I think he's a, the genius has become a billionaire because of the free exchange of ideas. And moving the country forward was he saw that left was now into suppressing ideas unless you agreed with the left's ideas, you know, and that to him probably changed in terms, maybe not politically, but philosophically from perhaps being on the left to being in the middle, to being a libertarian. And so what he did was put his butt, his name and his money, billions of dollars on the line uh, to take over a platform that he had seen and he is, we all have seen has become an instrument of the left. and now. As we saw with the Hunter Biden laptop, an instrument of the government, which is not what it was supposed to be. This was supposed to be a platform Twitter was and the free exchange of ideas. I know that you're pretty prolific on Twitter. Uh, I'm not so prolific. I don't know if, don't know if prolific
0: is the right word. Well, you're better than I am. Active,
1: Yeah, but at least you can you can type whatever you want. It used to be what, 56 characters or however many, and they were an exchange of free ideas. Well, then it grew because then it became, you know, advertising and, and then bots and and expressing ideas freely became restricting those free ideas and the free expression of those ideas. And then it became more of a commercial uh, platform to, you know, if uh, Kim Kardashian liked a certain body lotion, then that was really what it was for her one million followers. It, it changed and transformed. But what it became was an instrument uh, not only of liberal policies and, and thinking. And remember, Republicans have never said, I want to limit your free speech. Never, ever, ever. Democrats have now turned into, well, uh, your speech is free speech so long as you agree with us or you're expressing the same, uh, same ideas that we do. If you're not, then you shouldn't have a platform to speak. You're a radical, you're a leftist. I mean, not a leftist, but you're a misogynist, you're sexist, you're a racist, and you should be banned. Twitter became that kind of platform where it was a control of ideas. And now, what we saw with the Hunter Biden laptop, where Hunter Biden laptop, laptop during an election comes out at a time. When it should have been information that we all determined for ourselves, uh, should be discussed freely in the open marketplace of ideas, and should determine how someone votes or not votes on something on, on a person, whether it be Joe Biden or Donald Trump, what they did was they censored Donald Trump, banned him. Uh, they censored and banned the 2020 New York Post article about Hunter Biden's laptop, and they they allowed collusion between big tech. And the government and a political campaign of someone running against the sitting president, Donald Trump, in order to save the narrative of the left and prevent the free exchange of ideas, which should have happened. Think about it this way, Hermie. 10, 15 years ago, if the Hunter Biden laptop came out, let's say Biden was running for office back when George Bush was running for office and there was no Twitter. But this report came out on the New York Post. Do you think for a second, because there was no way that the government could have squelched that hidden it, or stopped it, do you think that that would not have been put out in the uh, court of public opinion for free discussion? The answer is obviously yes. But now that the court of public opinion has been restrained into social media, whether it be Facebook or Twitter, what we're seeing is the government, by going and saying to these big companies at Silicon Valley, the Russians may be influencing this. This is misinformation. 51 of our uh, former national security advisors said this may be bunko. Uh, They're able to stop the platform from not only the platform from putting it out as a news article, but you, Hermie, the Twitter user with your Twitter handle, from producing that article or sharing that article or even having a discussion about that article and its implications. What Twitter allowed to uh, happen and actually was colluding with the federal government and the FBI and a liberal, the Democrats campaign with Joe Biden was to keep that information from the people in doing so, because the deep state didn't want it out there, because they didn't, want it, they didn't want anybody to know that the actual presidential candidate in 2020 that was compromised was not Donald Trump with the Russian hoax stuff. It was Joe Biden who was getting 10% or 20% as the big guy from Burisma, from these Chinese companies, and Hunter was the conduit. And these companies in China that are owned by the CCP knew that Hunter was compromised. Russia knew that Hunter was compromised. They used his addictions even to pay him a lot of money and, and put him in a position where if, if Joe Biden was elected, he wouldn't do harm to China, he wouldn't do harm to Russia, he wouldn't do harm to these interests. And now what we're seeing, Ukraine's getting billions of dollars, the military industrial complex spent sending billions of dollars uh, to fight the Russians. You're seeing Russia knows that Joe Biden's compromised and the Chinese are getting a free pass. So one would have to think that the Hunter Biden laptop, story was not only important for all americans to know that the government colluding with silicon valley and these social media platforms stopped the free exchange of ideas and that in doing so changed the outcome of a very close election and now based on what we see with the biden administration has changed the attitude of our administration of the united states to allow the people that want to do us harm in china russia and whomever are now have the advantage of the United States. And we've given it to him because the big guy had to make about five or six million dollars
3: off of Hunter Biden. Here's what scares me about all that. I think sometimes there's always such a,
0: a push by some people take Hunter Biden. I couldn't care less about his problems, his personal problems. I hate it for anybody, especially someone's kid but it's obviously he's got a lot of personal problems. Right. But there to a small group of people that's what really what they want to know about. They want to know all the dirt and the Salacious drugs stuff. and the you know anything that's sensationalized to Right. But in my view when you have a group of people that are so intent on drilling into that part of his life it prevents us from learning more about the things that we should all care about which is number 1 how are we or are we potentially our national security how is it affected by some of these relationships or some of these problems that Hunter Biden has and these things these deals that Hunter is involved in for Joe or in in partnership with Joe the big guy yeah and how is that affecting how our country is being run and our national security? Well, uh, So what I'm saying is yeah. you know, some people, all they care about is they want, they want some scandal. They want, they want scandal. Yeah. But in, in pushing so hard for that, are we preventing ourselves, maybe pre-Elon Musk owning Twitter? Is our desire to see all that really prohibiting us from getting to the information that we should all care about is how does all this affect us? Because people do can do whatever they want to do, but when it starts affecting other people and starts affecting you and your family, Pardon. me and my family, we have a right to, to question and know, but I think sometimes we don't get to all of that because it's such a, a push to get to the stuff that's going to sell magazines. Well, if,
1: if the Hunter Biden laptop and the report from the New York post was merely merely only hunter biden loves crack hunter biden loves cookers hunter biden likes to take naked pictures of himself in a bathtub with a gun then i think there is a limit to what the usefulness of the hunter biden laptop would have been you know i I remember uh, jimmy carter uh he had a brother billy carter and he liked beer all right so but that didn't prevent people from voting uh for jimmy carter i think in the same way if hunter biden's predilections were limited to his own personal problems and his addictions, quite frankly. Um, I'm sympathetic to those that might have an addiction and family members. And, and that's probably a part of the exchange of ideas and, and determining who you vote for, but it, it's not the determinant. But the Hunter Biden laptop went much deeper, much further. It involved corruption, the selling of public influence, the selling of, of public officials patronage in return for cash from our enemies. And that was the true underlying story. The FBI had this laptop for a year. Did nothing about it. New York Post breaks the story uh, when the actual computer fixer guy says, hey, I got this laptop and there's a lot of bad stuff on it. They report it. And now, oh, my God, you can't print it. And, oh, my God, it's a Russian hoax. And, oh, my God, the people that want to do us harm are actually putting this false information out here. But what the actual contents of that computer was outside his nudie photos with a gun and a hooker was actually that he was deeply involved with the countries that want to hurt us. He was in a pay-to-play uh, sc- a scheme with these federal, uh, well, I'm sorry, with these foreign nations, and ultimately that the big guy, Joe Biden, especially confirmed by Tony Bobolinsky, who was his partner at the time, was getting a cut of the action. And you have to think that that is a compromising of the security and the future and the sanctity of the United States of America And what Twitter was willing to do was to sacrifice every single uh, user of Twitter's First Amendment rights to discuss that issue and debate that issue during an election season because it was in their best interest, in the left's best interest to get rid of Donald Trump and elect Joe Biden at all costs, even if it cost us the security of this nation. And what we've seen, and I've said it just a little bit before, is what we've seen is that the payoff For the millions of dollars that Hunter Biden got paid for the influence peddling that he did to foreign nations, China, Ukraine, Russia, is now reflected in the policies of the Biden administration because are we soft on China? I mean, Russia's invading Ukraine. Taiwan looks to be like the next uh, the next invasion point for China. And our president may be compromised because of the deals that Hunter Biden made with these. Foreign companies that are related to these corrupt communist nations. That should be free and open discussion with all of us in America because the citizens are the ones that allow our government to govern us. But now what we're seeing is that our government has go- grown so big that its power is more important than the power of the people, to where it's willing to compromise itself and the safety and security of its people in order to preserve power, even when. It compromises its own position to countries that want to do us in, that want to see us go down, do harm, be deconstructed, be dissolved, because freedom
0: is the scariest thing to and a look, communist We need nation. to know who else is involved, because I hate to be judgmental, but I guess this is what podcasts are for. Hunter <laughs> Biden, to me, doesn't seem like to be sharp enough to go instigate, initiate, and handle all these business dealings on his own. Not when you're on crack. So who else is involved? And also, how can a pre-Elon Musk,
3: how can a company platform like Twitter be so influenced by outside sources like that? Well, remember,
1: Twitter, Facebook have allowed or have gotten the government to allow them not to be subject to antitrust laws. So they are a manipulator, a monopoly even. I hate fabric. that word. I know <laughs> they are a monopoly. So, and they got the government to give them an excuse. Remember, you know, Teddy Rose government and being involved right. in monopolies. All right. All right. But then in exchange for, you know, their position, their multi-billion dollar position and their position in society. I mean, Twitter is now a fabric of modern day society. In exchange for that, they get government protection. Well, if you get government protection, then when the government wants something, chances are you're going to do what the government wants. So when the government comes to you, and, and, and the reports are now from what Elon Musk is, is releasing, that the government came to them in 2020 and said, ooh, you got to watch out for this Russian influence. So then, it, then they were given briefings at all the time. And so when the Hunter Biden laptop scandal came out, they go, oh, no, this is, this is a Russia hoax, China hoax do not believe in it. And and the left and the left executives of Twitter said, "Oh, okay, we'll believe that. We'll not only believe what you say, we will we'll shut down any exchange of ideas based on what this New York Post report is. The New York Post is not an agent of China or Russia. It was reporting the facts. What the media used to do and was supposed to do back in the day. The media was the fourth pillar of government. They kept the government honest and open. Now it's in collusion with big tech and the government agencies like the FBI to the point where they are suppressing ideas or the discussion of ideas or news. They're directing now what the news is and what it isn't. And this is evident of that until Elon Musk releases all this information, which he's doing now. And this is piece by piece, but it's damning and devastating. And it should show that we're in a, and we're in a perilous situation in the government uh, with our government and the, and the people, because you know, Our founding fathers created the Bill of Rights, 10 amendments. The first one was the freedom of speech. The second one was the right to bear arms. There's a reason why they made those one and two. What we're seeing is corporate America, the platform that's supposed to preserve free speech, is willing to sacrifice the constitutional rights and provisions that protect the individual citizen to be able to express their ideas freely and the press freely in order to serve a higher power, which is the government, because remember, the Bill of Rights were supposed to protect the individual from the government. Now the government is co-opting those amendments in order to create a narrative that is favorable to the government and does not hurt what the government's interests are. The government, the FBI, the deep swamp, they all wanted uh, Donald Trump out. Remember in 2016, they were saying, Russia, 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 Russia influenced the election. Well, then when actually it looked like Uh, China and all them uh, were in the back pocket of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Well, then they shut that down as Russia misinformation, China misinformation. When, in fact, we now know the news agencies that are supposed to be the fourth pillar, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, are now reporting that, you know what, guess what? Two years later, Hunter Hunter Biden's computer turns out to be real. But do a deep dive on what's on Hunter Biden's computer demonstrates that we as a voter should have known that, all voters should have known that in 2020, it wasn't just a naked picture of him in a hot tub with a hooker. It was about the corruption of federal officials and government and whether they should be in a position to lead the American people. And this platform, this platform Twitter, was willing to sacrifice the First Amendment and the individuals right of the First Amendment. Remember, Twitter has no First Amendment, right? It's the individual who used Twitter. They were willing to sacrifice that for a greater political collusion and gain, which is keeping the deep swamp, the deep state, the swamp intact. That, to me, is a corruption of the highest order, much bigger than Watergate. And here we have Elon Musk saying, guess what? I paid $40 billion for this. I put my butt on the line, my name on the line. Here's everything. And you know what I'm seeing right now from from the Democrats? Oh, why would you do that? You're putting people who actually made these decisions, these corrupt decisions, in harm's way. They're subject to
0: danger. Or, oh, is that all? I mean, they get caught and they act like nothing happened. How many times on this yeah. show since we started have we uttered the words accountability? Thousands. So last thing on Elon Musk. But not on this. Yeah. What, what, what do you think is the motivation for Elon Musk doing what he's doing? And if you can maybe peel the onion back a little bit on him, what, what's, his, what's his end game?
3: So I would give him a lot of credit. Not only saying, if I'm going to
1: take over this company, we're going to change it. We're going to t- turn it back into the platform that it was. I mean, loves.
0: by God, he's making people actually come to work in the office. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and you know what? They all quit. Yeah. Oh, my God. You make me work? You, you have, to have to take my pajamas off? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and he, and he laid off some people. It's a bloated, because it was a bloated liberal platform that wasn't for the free exchange of ideas. But he came in there. He's going to clean it up. He's, first, he's got to, you know, if you're going to if you're going to take over a restaurant that was owned by somebody else, the kitchen's probably dirty. So you got to clean the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You got to change the menu. You got to make people want to come back. You may lose some customers who are loyal to the old regime, but he's got to rehabilitate that in a way that is new and different. And he's doing that. But I think this exposure of what Twitter was helps him recreate the platform to make it what it will be, which is again a free exchange of ideas. Okay. You're going you know, to allow Donald Trump back on. You're going to allow people that you banned. I mean, he restored thousands of people that had been banned because their ideas didn't match the liberal ideas of the people that ran Twitter. But more importantly, and I think what has not been seen and not been touted publicly to the point where it needs to be, he has gone in there and eliminated and, and discovered and eliminated not only the bots, the fake messaging that was used by corporate America and the Chinese and the Iranians uh, to kind of infiltrate the ideas of America, which were freely allowed by uh, Twitter. But more importantly, what he's done is about 50,000 child predators, child uh, traffickers, human traffickers, he's gone in there and destroyed them and eliminated them. That this is no longer a platform as the left allowed it to, uh, to be created to be. A platform of where child predators and human traffickers could shop their wares and harm people. So he should be given a lot of credit. But when you got to clean out the old to get to the new, he's returning, I think, this to the original idea that Twitter began where it began and why it began. And hopefully it will be there. He is taking a big hit. He's probably losing a lot of money right now. But he's looking at the long game. And the long game is restoring, in the 21st century, a platform that allows for the free exchange of ideas, even if... People don't agree what those ideas are, but they can disagree without being disagreeable. He'll get there, and I I applaud him for it, and God bless him. Whether he's a liberal, libertarian, or Republican, uh, he's going to take a lot of heat for it. All these Democrats are up in arms. They're doing two things. Oh, I can't believe he's doing it. And the second thing they do is, oh, is this all it is? They're trying to downplay actually the significance of what he's found and what he's releasing. He's not doing this. He's just giving it to very good independent reporters and letting them report on it, It's gonna have a huge impact long term, positively, I think, for Twitter, but it's gonna have an even bigger impact for the freedom of America and the preservation
0: of the First Amendment for all of us. We've talked several times as I've started to take a little little dive into politics. Little dive. (laughs) And we've talked about, you know, about 80% of the people, they may think one way or the other, but you can at least have a conversation with them. Then there's 10% way on this side. 10% 10% way over here that you could forget trying to have a conversation with. But one of the, one of the tweets from Elon Musk's Elon Musk account. in the, in the last couple of days says Twitter aims to serve the 80% of the people that wish to learn, laugh and engage in reasonable debate. Wow. Shocking. So he's basically saying the same thing that we say sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You got 80% of the people that may think differently on this ideology or the other, but you can have a conversation and a respectful conversation with them about it. But then you've got 10% on the left and you got 10% on the right that won't be happy until, until the norm is moved closer to where they think it should be. And that's what Elon Musk is saying here with Twitter. Here's what we're, we're trying to provide an open dialogue or platform for those that want to engage in it. If you got any other Agenda other than that, go somewhere else. And that's a great quote, Hermie. And I think, you know what he's doing? He's just returning it to what it should have
1: been in the beginning, Mm -hmm. what it was in the beginning, and what it should be in the future. How wrong is that? But the left is now losing a platform of manipulation, of collusion with the federal government, collusion with political interests, collusion with foreign governments, collusion with uh, human trafficking and child exploitation. They're losing. See, they're losing that platform. He wants to be the free exchange of ideas, but in a respectful manner. That respects the First Amendment, and he's being he's being damned for it. He's being condemned for it, and that shows you that this was an impure, corrupt platform to begin with. He's bringing it back to where it should be, where it was in the beginning, and where it should be in the future. Man, it renews my hope uh, of for America because we're stuck now. You know, ten years ago, Herm, you and I didn't have Facebook accounts. Fifteen years ago, I guess, now we do. Now we didn't know about Twitter. Now we do. Things are moved based on these Silicon Valley companies that create these platforms, and the platforms are premised upon the First Amendment. But ultimately, what they become is instruments of the left or any political party, instruments of the government, and that that is a dangerous, dangerous instrument. And if we're going to take power back of the people, and especially for the ones we're the legacy we're going to leave for our children, what Elon Musk is doing right now in cleansing this. Maybe an expensive road, a long road, but it's the right road. And I think history will remember Elon Musk for maybe preserving democracy and free speech where it was at its peril of extinction.
0: And so hats off to him. What do you think about before we move to turning left? What do you think about other social media platforms like Facebook, like Instagram, like TikTok, all these others? Because it's a concern. Well,
1: TikTok, I mean, now, do you remember Donald Trump was saying he wanted to ban TikTok? Yeah. Like that was back in 2018? Yeah. Uh, and everybody was like, you're crazy, because it was like an explosive thing. But TikTok was created by the Chinese. And TikTok, in, in the Chinese creation, a Chinese company created it, implanted in there where they could suck at all your information about you, even to, to the point where they could locate where you are. I mean, it was a tool. It was actually not just a political tool, um, but a tool for all of... Uh, their information gathering to infiltrate the United States. Now, what did you just see in the news? FBI and, hey, TikTok's bad. Wait a minute, TikTok's bad. Well, when Donald Trump said TikTok was bad, oh, Donald Trump, you're an old fool. Mm -hmm. Now they're saying, yeah, the Chinese have so much information, gain so much information on a daily basis using TikTok, it's a bad thing. They give you the right to make some funny video for 15 seconds, but what they do is suck out all your information. That is a threat to our nation. So that's a problem. Mark Zuckerberg now admits, yeah, the FBI came to us and, you know, was warning against Russia influence and wanted us to, to respond to them and not put stuff or censor stuff. And maybe that was bad. Maybe you're seeing from what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter that we're now looking and examining every platform of this sharing of information between individuals on a global scale and saying, we need to do better to keep out the foreign influences to using and using these platforms for their own devious purposes, and keep them as pure as they can, if you can, because you know I've said uh, the internet is a great thing. You can type in your phone right now, um, who is the guy that starred in season three of the Munsters who had a funny hat, and it'll come up with an answer. Uh, but it can also allow a predator into your children's room without ever having to open the door, ever having to open the door or open a window. It is a great thing, but it is one of the most dangerous things. Do you not see now? All these people, predators, uh, these predators preying on older people when they get their information off the internet, calling them on the phone, trying to get them to do bad things. It is a good thing. It can be a great thing, but it's a highly dangerous thing. And it's not just the fraudster or the criminal. It's now nations trying to change the future of the United States of America. And we're allowing it to happen. And until we make these kind of changes that Elon Musk is making, we're
0: screwed, man. Just long term. Just last week. Angie and I were having a lunch at Fo Show and this guy called and wanted to speak to Angie. So she got up and went and took the call. But basically it was a, some kind of sales guy had this program, she, you know, he wanted to sell us on the restaurant management and those kind of things. So Angie was kind of listening talking, and talking. Then he said, made a comment about, go to your office and do A, B, and C and then share your screen with me and we'll do da, 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 da. And, and Angie said, look up. Mm-hmm. She says, when they start telling me that I have to share a screen or do something like that. You know, she said, I'm, it'll have to be a face-to-face one-on-one conversation. If that guy or salesperson calls me back, cause I'm not sharing my screen on a computer for any, cause she sees a lot at the UPS store, older people getting scammed and otherwise, and they're coming in and sending information and sending money to these people. Cash, right? Cash, yeah. you know, sending, you know, and, and Angie, like she comes in and, like okay, give me the phone. I'm, I'm calling this, you know. <laughs> oh, I bet she can shut oh, the monsters down. She saved. I want five or ten elderly lady from sending two, five, and one lady ten thousand dollars cash. Oh man, to some, you know. And Angie just you know, no, no, ma'am. Now think know. about it
1: this way: before the cell phone, before the flip phone, even when the flip phone came out, you, and and especially now the smartphone people did not have that much access to you. Yeah. If it was a fraud, it was more in person. Yeah. Now what you're talking about, the fraudster that's gotten that old lady to, to mail $10,000 in cash in an overnight bag, mm-hmm. a UPS uh, envelope would never have been able to touch that person before. Yeah. Unless they came to the door. Yeah. We have now allowed those foreign interests. Remember those people are usually like in, you know, in Africa, Uganda, whatever, Um, They are now getting in through into the house to your grandma or your mother's house without ever ringing the doorbell. The danger of technology is that it creates the ability for those that wish to do us harm to touch us in ways that we never thought before, including but not limited to getting our information, hacking, uh, malware, holding, you know, at one point in time in my law firm, uh, one of those uh, foreign agents. Grabbed up all our information on our on our server and held us hostage. That wanted extortion. You pay us this amount of money, we'll release all your information. Well, luckily, it was all the old information. So go screw it. Enjoy it. Enjoy having all our information. Hacking into your computer, computer and getting personal information. How many times have you seen Humana or or you know uh, I use Humana as a an example, but a hospital that now has their records hacked because now all your medical records are online. And somebody has all your medical information, has your social security number. I mean, these were things that we weren't even contemplating as criminal activity. And criminal activity exploded. We weren't contemplating that 25 years ago. Now, it's an everyday occurrence. And what we're seeing is the degrading of personal security, personal privacy, and the government's doing nothing to to protect us.
0: The only social media platforms I'm on are Twitter and Facebook. And one of the most common same simple ways that I know starts the process of people getting scammed is I get probably 20 messages or notifications a day of friend requests
4: mm-hmm.
0: from people that I know I'm already friends with or and, Chinese people. And then you go on, some people go on into like messenger and message these people back and say, Hey, you know, they say, send me your number or send me, I lost your contact information, you know, and just, yeah, it's, it's that somebody's, you know, sitting in a basement somewhere and just hacking into people's accounts and finding their passwords and, and scamming into other people's accounts. I mean, it's. I'll tell you a quick scary. story. Colin's sitting here right now.
1: Um, our number, our home number got fished. That is, phishing is they take the number, they clone it, and then they start calling people with, um, you know, with uh, call us, you know, we want your personal, you know, criminal, yeah. criminal use using my home number. So people started calling back and saying, why are you calling my number? Well, the problem was, is when they fished our number, they then hit 911. So in Franklin County, because they all know me, a 911 gets a call and then a hang up call from my personal home phone number at our farm. I'm at work. Uh, my son, Colin's asleep at the house after working all night uh, as a paramedic. The cops rush over. They think there's a problem. They rush over. I get a call. What's going on at your house? We rush home. Colin's asleep, the deputies are banging on the door about ready to break down, and it turns out that our number was fished. And for two straight days, my wife, being as deliberate and caring as she was, fielded phone calls from people that would call her back, from these fraudsters that were trying to take advantage of or get, get information or get money from them, and patiently told every old person, every elderly man or woman, or anybody that called, I'm sorry, our phone number was fished." They were taking advantage of you, call the police, you know, do all this stuff. She didn't have to do it. Our phone rang off the hook for two days, but that's how easy it is anymore to, yeah. to co-op. What was private? Remember when your phone number at home was sanctity? I mean, it was, it was protected. Now they can do that in the, and that's a, that's a landline number. And can you imagine, you know, I've been hacked, I've been cloned on Facebook. Please don't accept fan friend requests for me. Look what they're doing. And you get porn, you know, requests when that doesn't matter. I, you know that you don't want a part of that. It's so bad now, but yet when our government is willing to, in the Hunter Biden thing, to overlook it because power is more important than security or honesty or trust, where are we heading as a nation, as a society, and what are we leaving, Hermie, for your daughters and my son and daughter? That's what worries me the most. To where we are. Have you got a? And that's my. Leaning right, moment. <laughs> Do you have a sponsor? Uh, sure, Charlie's Waterfront Cafe. I haven't talked to uh, I haven't talked to uh, to Tom Graziano in a while, but sure, we'll we'll put that again. We, I'm I'm may have a new uh, leaning right sponsor coming in the next week. So okay, I got some people. I mean, they're lined up at the door. They said since, the, the, since <laughs> the turning left moment is all locked up with Vista, we want to get on your leaning right moment. So I may have more sponsors, but we always thank Charlie's Waterfront Cafe, great place in Farmville, Virginia. Great food, great fun. Go see Tommy Graziano right next to the green front furniture warehouse.
2: Tis the season for clean balls. Fala la 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 la. You got to slow down a little bit. You're going too fast. Oh. Yeah. Start up. I was trying to get a, a rhythm. <laughs> Tis the season for clean balls. la 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 la. Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using Sadler for 20% off plus free shipping.
1: Fantastic. Now I've got the Manscaped products. I've got the the body wash. I've got the uh, Precision Package Four for my package. It's it's a wonderful thing to get during the holidays for your for your loved ones, for your brothers, your your boyfriends, your husbands, uh, even the postman if he's a dude. Uh, that would be a nice gift. So we love Manscaped. You know they and we also
2: they also have the other products from the men's boxers to the body buffer instead of using a loofah. So be sure to uh, peruse their website, the entire website, while you're there at manscaped.com.
1: And what do they do again at checkout to get that 20% in free shipping?
2: Just enter the promo code Sadler, that's S-A-D-L-E-R, Sadler, to receive 20% off and free shipping. Hermie loves that. He really, really does. He needs a body buffer.
0: And as you're using the products in your premium package 4.0, think about old Hermy while you're doing
1: it. <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> Thank you, Manscape.com. Thank you, you for do. the sponsorship.
0: <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> yeah. Yes,
1: I do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're very proud to have Manscape.com as our one of our sponsors, and uh, and we hope that you uh, go to their website and uh, as. As Shep says, peruse the website and find the product that's right for you. It's about time that a company steps up, steps out, and says men's grooming is just as important uh, in your life as anything else that you do. So, uh, take advantage of the 20% off and the promo code Sadler, Sadler, Sadler at checkout. And get free shipping anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world. Go to manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped. What you got? I mean, is your stuff ever as exciting? As Elon Musk bringing transparency, antiseptic to free speech, bringing free speech back in America. You better have
0: some big stuff. Got some big ornaments. <laughs> yes,
3: yes, you do.
0: And speaking of ornaments and people that like them, my turning, my turn, my turning left moment is sponsored by Laura oh, Stanley. Yes, yeah. if she gets one on her tree. With Vista, Vista Installations. <laughs> if she gets one on her tree, she'll like it. A wonderful door and window installation company. And Laura Stanley has been babysitting and taking care of
3: politicians for over 12 years. She has. She
1: has. And, and you know, for Christmas, what I'm getting her? A door. A front door. A new
0: front door. How about ornaments? Well, if I could
1: get a couple saddler ornaments in my hand. Yeah. If I, if I could cup them and bring them it's to A little her, large that for great. that, but, you yeah. know. All right. Maybe All right, maybe in a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sack. A sack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but thanks to Laura and Vista Installations for sponsoring the Turning Left Moment. Absolutely. Here on Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator powered by pace Hey, so a couple things. NASCAR had its year-end awards banquet Mm -hmm. last weekend. A couple awards, of course. Joey Logano was crowned champion for the second time in his career, but uh, the cool thing I thought about I thought was cool about Logano. Do you know who introduced him at the banquet? No. Mario know. Andretti. Oh, really? Yeah. So I never even really
1: knew Logano. Oh, I saw a picture of that. I, yeah. mean, I didn't realize how small Mario Andretti was. Short. Compared to Legano. Yeah. Yeah. Small. All right. Short. Uh, short. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Does that
0: offend you? It does.
1: We're
0: not talking about my ornaments. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about you know I said small. Um, but congratulations to Joy Logano. Uh, champion for the second time, uh, Mario Andretti, introducing him. What a cool thing that had to be. Now, the most emotional thing for the weekend, I saw some clips, and you may have seen some of it too, but Ty Gibbs was crowned NASCAR Xfinity Series champion. And really, the first time the media had seen Ty, you know, since his dad, Coy, passed away the night after he secured that championship uh, back at Phoenix, uh, you know, last month. So that was. Very emotional, but you know one thing I thought didn't was interesting. He a, didn't he get a, like a standing ovation? He did. Yeah. But type and his media availability prior to the banquet, which which is okay. He politely declined to to discuss his diet. I can't even blame him. So you know he that would be a difficult yeah. thing for him to try to answer questions about that. But he, I will say, listen, uh, forty years later, uh, you know, almost forty years later, it's hard to talk about my dad, yeah. his passing. Yeah. And the media was, I think, overall, uh, they granted. That respect, but I will say that um, Coach Gibbs, Joe Gibbs, when he was receiving the owners' championship for the Xfinity Series on behalf of the championship that Ty Gibbs won, he wasn't asked about Coy. But at the end, he made a generalized statement to really to the whole NASCAR community how much the Gibbs the Gibbs family appreciated uh, them reaching out and everybody who reached out uh, to the family.
1: That's really hard for Joe. I mean. You know, we all grew up in Oakton together um, when he was coach of the Redskins, mm-hmm. and uh, so I got to know Coy, mm-hmm. J.D., uh, went to the same high school with J.D., he was our quarterback, and uh, just the thought of both of them dying uh, way before their time, but also at the same age, um, just 49. hard to take,
4: yeah. hard to take.
1: Yeah. You know, both two really good people, and, you know, God bless that family, and and I put in a memorial resolution in the general assembly in the Senate for JD in his honor. And uh, a friend of mine delivered that to Joe and took a picture. And they were very grateful. But
0: two great, two great young men uh, lost way too early. A couple of awards that were given out during awards week out in Nashville. You'll never guess who won most popular driver in the Cup Series. I'm going to say it's uh, for the fifth year in a row. Is that help mm. you? In the Cup. Uh, it's going to be Cal Bush.
3: No.
4: I'm wrong.
0: This is for the fifth year in a row, most popular driver in the cup series. Uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. This is the person that has won it five years in a row since Dale Earnhardt Jr. retired. Ah, Ryan Blaney. No. Uh, uh,
3: J.B. McLeod. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, oh, um, where? uh what's his name no where no i'm, I'm, I'm in the back usually those are the pop Chase guys. elliott what fifth year in a row oh
1: my god what a surprise what a shock in xfinity series now let me tell you something other than uh bobby labani gear uh my son chandler has total
0: chase elliott gear. xfinity series most popular driver any idea i'm gonna say Noah gregson yes Oh, i was right how about trucks
3: uh, trucks. Um, think hot, Holsevar. Hot, Holsevar. So it's hot, 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 Hot. hot. Think hot. Oh, Haley Diggan. Yeah. Oh,
1: really?
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's way too young for me to determine that she's
3: hot.
0: Yeah, hot um, like a driver, not like her. Another award that I thought was interesting, but I I think bodes well for NASCAR. They give out a Myers brother award. Basically for Burt Myers and uh,
1: (laughs) and his brother Jason?
0: No. No? Okay. For contributions to the sport. Chocolate Myers? For contributions to the sport. Who's the Myers
3: that the awards named about?
0: Do you know who got, got that award this year?
3: Contribution to the sport.
0: Yeah. NASCAR overall. Sport. Somebody that somebody who made a tremendous contribution to the sport that will potentially help the sport or help grow the sport in the future. Kyle Busch. Justin Marks. Oh really? Owner of
3: Track Trackhouse House. Racing.
0: Yeah. You know, his family has, you know, the uh uh what are the cameras? The action cameras everybody uses GoPro. On the, GoPro. His family is GoPro. Oh really? Yeah. And he was a racer too. Oh, yeah. Still, he still is. Okay. But the reason I say that's a good, you know, because five years ago, a lot of talk around the NASCAR community was the age of the owners in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Roger Penske and way Rick, up there. Children. Rick Hendrick. All Get great, ups. great guys yeah. and wonderful careers and all that. But where where's the next generation coming from? Right. So Justin Marks was a good good example of a n- new generation of owner that comes into the sport, Ian Pitbull. And very, very seldom do these owner-slash-celebrity partnerships work because the celebrities in some cases are not involved. They're just there for name recognition. Sure. But this whole team has jumped in. Did a great job. They did a great job. They won races. They came down to the. In the final four. Final four with Ross Chastain. Daniel Suarez won. And and you know, they they started to, you know, make it okay, you know, for somebody else to to come in yeah. and, and win and, and be a part of that elite group. so you've got Justin Marks who who won that award, then you've got um you know, of course Denny Hamlin's partnership with Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. you know, that you'll probably be seeing that um, th- that partnership you know, for years to come. And so I just think overall, it's a, it, it's good news for NASCAR for, to have new next generation, different type approaches to the sport coming in. And it's going to drive these other teams. Now, of course, Jeff Gordon is, appears to be the heir apparent, you know, over at, uh, at Hendrick Motorsports. Well, who
1: does it for Gibbs? I mean, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's whole, Joe's that's lost a his whole two other two thing. That's yeah. a
0: whole other thing. I'm sure Coy was would have would have or JD. Oh, you know, either one. Yeah, and both were were. And I'm sure Joe and Coach really anticipated that. So uh, you've also got you know Jimmy Johnson getting back in. He's now a partner over at GMS with Richard Petty and Maury Gallagher. That's pretty exciting. You know, t- so it was cool to have Jimmy back. Didn't
1: you text back and forth with Jimmy Johnson about riding one of our cars? I have. and I didn't even get to ask him. To ride I'm, one of our open wheel that that one. one. Okay, but is that still a possibility now that he's an owner?
0: Well, who knows? Okay, but I, we we have Wish talked that.
1: about that. that. We have
0: talked. I think about that's that. a good idea. Yeah. And what
1: what were your impressions? I mean, just generally, and, and I'll ask you this one question because I know I could ask fifty. What What did you think about the year in NASCAR? I mean, from the truck series all the way to Cup. I
3: thought the competition level, the
0: at track looks as far as attendance. TV ratings, everything overall was as good as it'd been probably in 10 years. Yeah. The one negative that was not only a concern, but it was frustrating and all these other things was the potential safety issues with the new car. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I I do not understand how in 2022, heading into 2023, how we could have put a car on the track that could look, if you're out there racing, running 200 miles an hour, bad things can happen. But I think we put a car on the track that could have potentially put our drivers in some bad situations. We saw some injuries. And I think, I don't know what really made NASCAR or, or forced NASCAR to maybe put that car on the track without being as safe as it could possibly be. But I hope it sounds like that they've made adjustments and will make adjustments, and everybody seems to be on board or, or in line to say that those changes will be positive. but if I overall I give um the sport as a whole i I'd say an A minus to a B plus grade, and the only reason they don't get an A plus is the fact that we got a couple of our drivers hurt. Um, concussion. Concussion
1: on, you know, on on wrecks that just didn't seem like that just, would have produced it, that. You
0: know, and I think you know, NASCAR never admits that they're wrong about anything. Shocking. But I think the fact that they have gone back to work so aggressively on trying to re engineer the rear bumper area of these cars and dissipate some of that energy through the back of the cars before it gets to the driver and the head and neck restraint system and the headrest and all that. Uh, tells me that they realize that there's work to do, and I think that I think they're doing that. But overall, I think it was outside of that. I think the the
3: um there's much more parity in the sport.
0: The races were much more competitive. Yes, you you show up to watch a race on Sunday. that wasn't really a dominant team car for long periods of time. I mean, Joey Logano. I mean, he he wasn't a favorite all year. Ford struggled in a lot of cases True. during the course of the year, but when it came down to crunch time, uh, they got it done. So uh, I hope NASCAR will fix the safety aspect to the to the extent that they can heading into next year, and I expect next year to be just as good. I, I,
1: I tend to agree with you. The only thing I had which was a disappointment for me was the short tracks were different. They were not as racy. There was not as com- uh, much competition until Ross Chastain did his you know, rink rider right around Martinsville. Uh, but otherwise I thought, you know, the tracks they went to were great. I thought the, the racing was really good. Most times um, I think there's a lot to build on. And what you're seeing now is the young drivers are making personalities of themselves to where, you know, as the Harvicks retire, you know, as the old guard goes out that we remember the great thing to be, uh, what I really uh, see is the new drivers are actually going to be, um, be really going to be the new the new stars. So, um, I think you're exactly right in your assessment with uh with what's going on in NASCAR. I'm excited for 2023, and I'm really excited about the Smart Series and our race team, the Sadler Stanley Race Team. When it comes to uh, what we're going to do next year in uh in not only the Smart Series but also the and Modified. But
0: a lot, and of, a lot of news coming up about the second car at Sadler Stanley Racing and the Smart Modified Tour. The banquet will be January 7th in Winston-Salem, so we look forward to that. Uh, Smart Series has a lot to build on, and we have a lot of, a lot of um, announcements and, and other things to make on our team uh, moving into next year. Another great podcast.
1: Man, you know, I like it when we're here personally. Oh, it's, it's better than when we're on TV. It's, it's much better. Yeah, it is. Much better. But you, you know what? I'm going to end with this, because I know we got to go. But I know, because I, I would talk another 10 minutes. But here I am, all pressured, you know, kind of nervous, kind of worried. I always get worried before a court case. Before we own on air, Hermie comes in, and within 15, 20 minutes, we're giggling, we're laughing, we're getting back to the way, you know, that life should be. Y- you, you're always a hell of an influence, and you made me feel better. So I want to thank you for that uh, as I go into this trial. Hermie, you're a heck of an individual, and I'm proud to be your absolute best friend. You have no others but me. So. Uh, well, I'm, I'm happy kidding. to know that. Except for Plugmore, right? Except Plugmore, who
0: <laughs> was a, gave you some words of encouragement earlier today me. as well. He hey, me. before we go, I want to thank the people at Pacematic one more time and remind our listeners to Pacematic that community means everything. And when people come together, anything is possible. Pacematic, they're proud supporters of the Smart Racing Tour and this podcast. They believe in building up the communities in which they do business. They consider it a privilege to give back and to provide support in any way possible. If you want to know more about Pesomatic, visit us at Pesomatic.com. That's www.pace-o-m-a-t-i-c.com. So thanks to Pesomatic for all they do for us. Appreciate our listeners and our supporters. And Bill, we'll be back next week with another. Make show. Sure, make sure you look at uh find us on Facebook. That's uh
1: Leaning Right, Turning Left Podcast. You can find us on all major platforms for this podcast tell your friends uh get them to listen uh, we really appreciate the sport our our audience is always growing you can find our race team and our uh, podcast on www.sadlerstanleyracing.com god bless every single one of you during the holiday season make it a safe one make it a good one i'm virginia state senator bill stanley
0: and i'm leaning right and i'm hermy Sadler. i'm turning left this is leaning right And turning left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by Pacematic. We'll see you next week. God bless you all.
5: Hey guys, listen up. I know these days when you watch the news, it feels like it's one hit after another and it's all bad news for the economy. Well, let me give you some good news. It's not all that bad when it comes to real estate. Let me explain. You see a year ago, man, real estate was hot, hot, hot. Everybody and their brother was trying to go out and buy another house. What did that mean? It was so competitive that a lot of folks got discouraged. So let me ask you, have you thought about buying a house in the last couple of years, but maybe just couldn't win a bid? I used to hear that all the time. Well, now is the time to buy. Yes, interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but what that's created is an opportunity for you a year ago. It wasn't uncommon for there to be more than a dozen offers on a home, many of which were over list. That is not the case today. So if you got discouraged once before about trying to buy a new house, now's the time to take another look now. Yes. Interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but you're not going to overpay for the home, but here's what you will do. You'll stop throwing your money away on rent. And now you'll get a greater tax deduction. That's right. You see, at the end of the year, you're going to get a statement from your mortgage company that shows how much interest you paid. And you get to write all of that interest off. That means you could get a huge tax deduction. You never get that as a renter. Not only that, homes are still going up in value. Don't believe the hype. All of the economists believe long-term real estate always works out. Let me give you an example. Maybe way back when, in the housing collapse of 2008, You bought in 2007 and maybe overpaid. Buddy, if you hung in there, that house is worth a whole heck of a lot more now. If you've played in the stock market, you know what I'm talking about. You only lose money when you throw in the towel. Real estate long-term always performs well. So here's my advice to you. Date the rate, marry the house. Find the house that you and your family love long-term because here's what's not long-term, these higher rates. I've yet to see a single economist who doesn't agree with me that rates are going to return. So doesn't it make sense to get the house you want right now? And then when rates improve, man, just get a lower monthly payment. In the meantime, you'll enjoy a greater tax deduction. And that property is going to continue to appreciate, meaning you're building equity and wealth for yourself. Not only that, how about this? We're going to save you some cash at buywithconrad.com. We're gonna give you the peace of mind of a seven year guarantee. When rates improve over the next seven years, not if, but when, that's my prediction, we'll refinance you again with no new origination points. Think about that. That could save you thousands of dollars and give you the peace of mind of knowing that you got the right house for your family right now. And then when the rates improve, man, get a lower monthly payment. Now you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but you do need to hurry to buywithconrad.com. That's the first step. You tell us how much you want to put down and what you want your monthly payment to be. We get you approved and then you go shopping just like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number six five zero eight four. equal housing lender. Seriously, if you've thought about buying a house over the last couple of years, but you got discouraged, now's the time to take another look. Let me run the numbers for you right now. You'll be glad you did at buywithconrad.com.